to Walking in Faith with Pastor Rob Currington. This podcast is dedicated to helping develop lifelong seekers of the Kingdom of God. Each week, Pastor Rob helps bring God's message for living to those seeking a richer and more Christ-filled life. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he shares this week's message. If you would, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, I want to go ahead and give you uh, an introduction into 2 Corinthians. I'm excited about 2 Corinthians as we begin going back through a book of the Bible. It wasn't too long ago that we finished 1 Corinthians, and 1 Corinthians was an exciting book, and now we're going to find the second letter. And so it's kind of a bookend to what we've been studying about. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, if you're looking for it, it's right after 1 Corinthians. That ought to be one clue. It's in the New Testament. But today I want to give it to you more like at a 20,000 feet. Many of you have been in an airplane, and so to speak, and you kind of look out the windows. And as you look down, you, you cannot take out much of what's down there. Sometimes you, you may see like the, the, the borders of something, of a lake that's, or, or a river that's going through, or you might kind of see the, you know, the outlines of cornfields or baseball diamonds and so on. You don't see everything. You can't see as much as you are down here walking, but, but you see things sometimes a little more clearly. You can see further. And that's what we're doing today is we're going to take 2 Corinthians and we're going to look at it at a 20,000 feet. We're going to kind of give you a, a summary as we go into it. And I want to encourage you to pray and join with us as we read through this together. Here's my expectation. My expectation is that when you come each Sunday morning, you have read the portion of Scripture that I've read during that week. You have prayed over it just as I have prayed over it, and you've studied and asked the Holy Spirit to speak to you, even as I do the same thing. And as we come together on Sunday, and we're going over material that both of us have read, both of us have meditated, both of us have prayed over, we pray that then we're together, God will just speak mightily to us, and then we look forward to the testimonies as we hear God, how God has been working in your life. Let's read it. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is in Corinth with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as you see here, ancient letters normally begin with the name, the sender, his rank or profession. It gives us the recipients and many times followed by a greeting and a wish. And that's what we find here earlier. Paul here is very clearly is the author. It's written from Macedonia. You might think of Macedonia of Alexander the Great. You've heard of him. That's where he was from. It's right above Greece and Macedonia around 55 to 56 A.D. So almost 20, 25 years, 26 years after the death of Christ, and is about a year later from when he wrote 1 Corinthians. So as we look, we're now here a year in the future from that first or from the first book, first letter, and now we're a year later. Paul reminds them of his calling as an apostle. Apostle is one who means one who is sent. And Paul is reminding them that he is sent by God and his authority comes from God. In Galatians, he had said that God had set him apart before he was even born and who called him by his grace and he was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Paul is saying, listen, I am an apostle, one sent from God 
by the will of God. And now not only is that, but he says, I have Timothy with me. Now Timothy, as many of you might remember, is Paul's devoted son. It wasn't his blood, it wasn't biological, but one who was Paul's go-to guy. And if you were to turn to Acts chapter 16, you would find where Paul first meets Timothy. Paul came to Derby and Elystra, and there was a disciple there, a, na- a man named Timothy. He was the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. And Timothy went through the motions, or went through some great sacrifice uh, as a a disciple because he was Greek. He was not circumcised. And in this instance, this is one where Paul says uh, he'd have to be circumcised so that in order he might be able to reach the Jews. But he was his devoted son. And many times Paul was the go to, or Timothy was the go to guy when there was a problem. Problem, uh, Paul wrote this letter to the church he had founded in Corinth. And he wrote it to all of Achaia, which is the lower part of what we know as Greece. And he wrote it to the church house churches there. The church of Corinth was founded in Acts chapter 17. And so this is kind of review as we looked at a lot of this in 1 Corinthians. But if you want to know how Paul started that, you can go to Acts chapter 17. And the first 17 verses will share with you how Paul spent 18 months ministering there and establishing a good foundation for the church. Now what you need to understand is that 2 Corinthians is a very deep, personal, and arousing letter. The letter is a response to a complex history between the Apostle Paul and the church he established there. They kind of had a a love-hate relationship, one that was hot and cold many times. The circumstance behind this letter, 2 Corinthians, revealed the difficult and often painful realities of the life and ministry. More than any of his letters, this letter here shows the heart of Paul as a pastor. As he would write letter the day of the daily pressures that he had because of his anxiety for all the churches. Wherever he might be, he prayed in the, in the pressure of the churches, the health of the churches, the health of the people, spiritual health, was daily on his mind. This epistle is actually Paul's fourth letter to the church of Corinth. We only have two but we see that there's actually four. Paul mentions his first letter in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. The second letter is the book of 1 Corinthians that we've studied. And then three times in 2 Corinthians, Paul references a third and painful letter. One, he says, I wrote out of you of much affliction and anguish of the heart and with many tears. And then finally, we have what we call 2 Corinthians, which is Paul's fourth letter. So out of the four letters, God, through the Holy Spirit, has preserved two of them for our reading and for our edification. As we've learned in 1 Corinthians, just as a reminder, the church in Corinth was a weak, struggling with division and spiritual immaturity. Paul's authority had been undermined by opposing teachers who were misleading and dividing with false teaching. He calls them peddlers of God's word, using God's word as a vehicle for money and for for living and and dividing God's people. In an attempt to solve the turmoil, we're going to find that Paul traveled to Corinth, uh, but the, the distressing visit only fueled the church's resistance. When Paul returned to Ephesus, he wrote again to the church, pleading them to repent and avoid God's judgment. That would be the third letter. Later, Paul received good news through Titus that many in Corinth had repented, but a small and fractious group continued to cause problems there. 
In 2 Corinthians, as we go through, Paul is going to lay out his defense, refuting and condemning those false teachers. Look for that as you read through the scriptures. You'll also see as you read through it that he encouraged the faithful to stay committed to the truth and he affirmed his deep love for them. As you and I read and study and meditate through, through this letter together, I want you to look for these following themes. The first one is suffering is part of the Christian service. Suffering is part of the Christian service. Paul was no stranger to suffering. He had endured much opposition, persecution, and had what we even call that physical thorn in the flesh in chapter 12. Through painful experiences, Paul had learned how to comfort others And so it is for anyone who wishes to follow in Christ's footsteps. So suffering is part of the Christian service. The second theme that I want you to see as you read through there is church discipline. Church discipline. Something that is not very in vogue today as it used to be. And you see it coming back a little bit more, mainly through uh, some teaching and, and, uh, and ministries. But church discipline. In other words, immorality and and gossip and and division in the church needs to be dealt with wisely and appropriately. The church role in, in being the manifold wisdom of God is too important to allow sin and false teaching to go unchecked. The goal of church discipline, we're going to see, is not to punish, but to correct and to restore. And love must be the guiding force. The third theme that we're going to see is the future hope. The future hope. By keeping our eyes on the glories of heaven, we can endure our present suffering. And in the end, we can overcome the world. The fourth thing you're going to see here in in 2 Corinthians is that of generous giving. Generous giving. Paul encourages continued generosity among the members of the Corinthian church as a means of spreading God's kingdom. And we'll see that in chapter 8 and verse 9. And the fifth thing that I want you to look for as we're reading through it together is correct doctrine. And this is so important, is correct doctrine. Paul wasn't trying to win a popularity contest when he confronted the false teaching in Corinth. He knew that integrity of doctrine was vital to the health of the church. His sincere love for believers is what drove him to defend his authority as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And as we look at that, these are some of the things that you and I need as a church. We have many people in our church that are suffering. It may be physical suffering. It may be emotional. It may be some type of addiction. It may be suffering from the loss of of a loved one or some other type of thing. And many times we think we must, in the world's view, we think if you're suffering, then you must be outside of God's will. It's something because you've sinned. But what we're going to see is suffering is actually part of God's plan. And we'll open that up next week as we look at verses 3 through 11. Through, through, through 11. We also need to realize that this church, that what God has called us to also is to church discipline. One of the ways that we show love for God's church and His bride is to keep it clean, to keep it clear from the things that might hurt it. We need to keep our eyes on what's future. And we've been looking at that as many times we think of life just here and now. But it's to the future that we're to look. He says in Colossians, set your affections on things above, not on things here on the earth. (coughs) Then obviously we want to challenge ourselves. Do we give generously? Are we a generous giving church? And I think there is a point where how generous we are is how God is generous to us. Not in the prosperity, health and wealth type of way. But God says he loves a cheerful giver. 
and we're to give as God gives. And also what's important for our church is that we have correct doctrine, that we handle God's word correctly. You may ask, well, why do I need to read this letter? Of all the letters, why this? Well, I believe the first century Corinth, Church of Corinth is very much like modern-day Orange County today. It was a city of free men from Rome. It had some indigenous Greeks and immigrants from far and wide. It was a place where everyone could come. It was a place where anyone could, could make a living, no matter where you came. If you had the, the strength and you had the intellect and you had the willingness to work, you could make a good living. The values of that city at the time reflect many of our values today. Corinth was a city where anyone with humble beginnings could make it big, as I said before. Economics and commerce were the tickets to freedom, liberty, and self-realization. It's very much as not only North America, but very much Orange County. The city's core values were of trade, business, and the pursuit of success. David Garland writes that the value or these values fed the zeal to attain to public status, to promote one's honor, and to secure power, and an individual status would tied to a variety of factors. Remember, we looked at this in the last letter, occupational prestige, what you did for a living, what your income was, how much you made, your wealth or your education or your knowledge, religious purity, family and ethnic group position, and local community status. Very much what we have here today. The citizens of Corinth were obsessed with their status and their ascent up the ladder of honor. The Corinthians are not comfortable living out the implications of the cross. And is that not familiar? As we look today, there's many of us that are not comfortable with the implication of taking up the cross, denying ourselves and following Him. Religion, in many people's mind, When they think of faith, they think religion and faith is to lift us up and to make us successful. It's a place where I can network, not to drag them down or cause them to suffer. And so Corinthians are struggling this, and I believe many in North America are struggling with this concept in which religion is just a way to make me get what I can get instead of realizing it's to deny ourselves, to sell all that we have, and to follow him. The book of 2 Corinthians is quite relevant today, especially for those who feel called to the ministry. The first half of the book details the duties and privileges of a leader. And the epistle is also a tremendous source of hope and encouragement for anyone suffering through trials. So as you go through this very personal book, try to capture the heart of Paul as he has sacrificed everything so that he may proclaim Christ. This letter also helps us to remember that 1 Corinthians was written by a real person. There was a real Paul. There was a Timothy. They had real emotions and real concerns. I think many times as we read through these books and read through these letters, we have a way of thinking of of a long, long ago in a land far, far away. We think of almost Lords of the wing, or Wings, Lord of the Rings, or some type of thing like that. And we forget that this is more than just old history or just about people, but it's about real people. It's about real events. It's about real time. It's about real people with real issues and real emotions and real concerns. 
And so as we gather this, we're going to de- demystify Paul and see that, yeah, he was this great apostle, but yet he was a real man who had real troubles and real, sometimes real doubts and real problems in ministry. It was also written to a real church consisting of people from all walks of life who had professed Christ. Though many of them professed, there were many who were not living out the profession. Some of them are church, some are many are not. But let us not forget that God speaks to the Corinthian church concerning real issues of, to their real time, real things that they were going through. So as we read it, let us understand it, let us help to uh, understand what God is writing, but also help us to see that there are spiritual truths that 2,000 years later are important for us. I want to close with this as we just kind of give you an outline here. And it's the end of 2 Corinthians. I love this phrase. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11, where Paul, as he was closing out this letter to the church he loved. Now, why don't you turn to it real quickly. This is a church that Paul has poured his life to. He's poured his energy energy into. He's poured his prayer into. As he gives them some encouraging words, he says in verse 11 of that last chapter, he says, Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. If there's anything I could share with you, I would say that Paul has already shared it through the Holy Spirit. May you do the things that God has called us to. Father, as we just look very quickly at this book, I want to thank you for Paul. I want to thank you for one who was obedient to your calling. Lord, who was obedient to write uh, and be faithful in the words that you've given him. And Lord, as we read it, I pray that you'd open up our hearts as a church. Speak to us in a mighty way. May we go through this book of 2 Corinthians and may we we get an understanding that's more complete than ever. Lord, may may we agree together to, to pray about this and to live out the implications of this book in our own lives. Speak to us in a mighty way. I thank you for Timothy. One, Lord, who would join Paul in a a life of sacrifice so that we could have that example. Lord, I thank you for the church of Corinth, though even though they may never have followed you in the full way, and Lord, there was division, Lord, there there was doubt, and there was anger, and there was bitterness there, but yet, Lord, you loved that church. It was a church you died for. It's part of that bride. And Lord, one day we'll join with them in declaring your holiness and your forgiveness and your grace. And the same love and grace that you imparted to them, even in the midst of the rebellion, is the same grace and love and forgiveness, Lord, that's available to OVBC today. And Lord, may we see that. Give us a connection with that church. Give us a connection through your Holy Spirit, through the words that imparted here to us this morning. And may, Lord, we just be glorified, or you be glorified in all that we do. And God's people said, Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this week's Walking in Faith podcast. We encourage you to share this podcast with others in order to help spread God's message to all those in need. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. 
Email us at walkinginfaith at orangevilla.org. You can help us spread this podcast by writing a review at iTunes. And don't forget to visit us online at orangevilla.org. There you will find more information about our ministry, as well as share your thoughts, submit prayer requests, and find out how you can help others to grow in God's love. Until next week, may God bless you in everything you do.